Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. And I'm so excited about our guest because no matter where you are, what your transition is, maybe it's small, maybe it's large, maybe it's the big divorce, it's the the loss of a loved one, it's transition, taking care of your folks, whatever it is, there's always a need for support and tools to help you move forward. And so this is what Second Wind is about, how to help you move forward when you get into the changes of life, which we all experience. Now, my guest today is going to introduce and share with us something called spiritual power. And I'm excited to share that with you. It's so interesting to me. Dimitri Moritas is an accomplished metaphysical teacher, healer, and is co-author of three books, Communing with the Divine, Karma and Reincarnation, The Healing Power of Your Aura, and this fourth book, Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, which is a six-step guide to unfolding your spiritual power. Now, he originated in film and TV. His career originated. He was not born. He was His career originated in film and TV, and he redirected his life's work early to pursue the path of metaphysical. Having worked with Barbara Why. Martin and metaphysical metaphysics for 30 years. He is also an integral part of organizing the teaching materials and bringing the Spiritual Art Institute, which is in Southern California, to its successful and accepted and acclaimed place today. He's an eloquent speaker, as you will hear, and he lectures across the country as well as at the Institute. So welcome, Dimitri. We are so excited to have you here with us. Well, thank you. It's a delight to be here this morning. You know, I'm interested in, I always like for my guests to share how they made their transition from radio and TV, which you were having a successful career, and you moved into something that some people might have said, really? Are you going to do this? Right. Well, some so people said that about film and TV, too. <laughs> <laughs> I came from the Midwest and the, grew up with a good Greek family, and my father's uh. a doctor, and my brother's actually a doctor, too. So it was sort of thought that, you know, you do the, the healthy, you know, traditional thing. Um, mm-hmm. But very young, interestingly enough, I, I developed this passion for motion pictures and, 
and music and all of that. Uh, uh, the music I had my whole life, actually. Um, and decided I was going to be a movie maker. Mm. So I went to uh, California. And, uh, well, I went first to New York and then to California. And it was really, you know, it was the time when you could be young. And it was just starting where you could be young and be successful in this industry and have to go through the traditional way of, through the, you know, the studio system. And um, I was actually on kind of a a fast track that way. And um, I had what many are calling, you know, your spiritual awakening. And it was a profound experience. I didn't have a name for it at that point. I'd call it metaphysics or even spirituality. I just was, at the time, I was calling it sort of my inspirational moments. I was having these these inspirational moments, and they got so strong at one point, then I realized something's really going on here. And mm-hmm. uh, I call it sort of my Saul in the Road to Damascus moment. You know, it was a, a life-transforming <laughs> moment where your whole life is moving in a it's moving in one direction mm-hmm. and you know motion pictures is a very demanding profession so really mm-hmm. especially if you're going to be like a writer director it's it it wants you know it wants all of you <laughs> or a good chunk of you there and uh-huh. i was ready to do that but then after this experience and when i realized what it, what it was with spirituality it was like i was in a desert and i found water i couldn't get enough of it i was reading and studying and contemplating as much as i could and about a year after, this was in my 20s, and mm-hmm. about a year after that, uh, I met uh, Barbara at a dinner party, of all things. Uh, she did a meditation, which really stirred something in me. And afterwards, you know, I had had all these questions in my mind, and as I was talking to her, I realized not only was her answers so eloquent, but they were coming mm-hmm. from a place of direct experience. She was talking about her mm-hmm. own experiences in the spirit world, in the spirit realm, with, with spirit, all of that kind of thing. And I mm-hmm. said right away, this is my teacher, this is the one I have to study with. Uh-huh. So I started mm-hmm. changing my life around that, and I have to confess it was not easy. Because in my mm-hmm. case, it wasn't a trauma. You know, I was changing. I actually had a good life, and it was uh, there was a level of comfort there and uh, contentment. So to suddenly disturb that yeah. um, because of this other was not easy. And the people around me at the time, you know, I love them. They love me, um, mm-hmm. but they didn't understand what I was doing. They thought I'd been too long in California. You know, <laughs> get right. out of there. You know, well, kind of a thing. But it only got stronger as time went on. And mm-hmm. eventually I realized not only was this a personal passion, but it was a professional one, and it was meant to to teach and get into this. And, you know, what we tell everybody, you know, you follow your, your passion. You follow your mm-hmm. heart. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an old ancient metaphysical axiom, the seeking of the philosopher's stone sets the condition mm-hmm. to find it. Mm-hmm. We don't always know the twists and turns of life as, as you teach, uh, um, you know, if I hadn't gone to Los Angeles and followed what I was aware of at that time, I yeah. would probably may not have discovered the metaphysical world, which became my true purpose in life. Mm-hmm. So we have to take the road as far as it takes us, and sometimes there are turns, right turns, left turns, you know, all of that. Uh, but that's sometimes just part of the road. And as mm-hmm. long as you feel you're doing not only what you feel like doing, this is what we teach, you know, 
do what you feel is the best thing to be doing in a given moment. What is the right thing? What is the most noble thing to do? Even if it isn't what you feel like doing at the moment, it will always steer you in the right direction, even if it doesn't appear like that at the exact moment. Mm -hmm. I couldn't couldn't say how fulfilled I feel right now. I can't say my life is the easiest, but I do know I'm doing what I need to be doing. Right. And that is one of the things we teach, too. You know, we do all have a purpose in life. Spirit of Metaphysics teaches every single person has a purpose. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing more satisfying in life than completing that purpose. There's no trip around the world, you know, no earthly delight than doing that. And nothing that can feel a little more frustrating than knowing you you didn't quite do it. You know, you're missing something. So if anyone's feeling that missing, you have to keep trying. Um, Tell me, for those of us, or for some of my listeners that are not quite sure, what do you mean when you say metaphysical teacher? Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, metaphysical is sort of another word of saying spiritual. Metaphysical, meta means after the physical. So it it comes from the ancient Greek. And Mm -hmm. what it's really saying is things that are not dealing with the physical world but greatly influencing. So uh, if we're religious, we'll say, well, when I talk about matters of the spirit, I'm talking about things that are not physical. Well, metaphysics uses maybe a little different terminology, but it's saying essentially the same thing. How important it is to follow the laws of spirit, even if we can't see it with physical eyes. Mm -hmm. So when you say follow the spirit, is that, like following your intuition, those That's mo- part those of it. feelings. Absolutely, absolutely. Intuition is this. Many people confuse instinct, uh, emotions mm-hmm. with intuition. Intuition is not instinct. Intuition is not even your emotional nature. Intuition is the divine part of you talking to you. And as we learn to, you know, we walk into a room. Maybe for some reason we feel this tremendous uneasiness. We can't identify why. Intellectually, there's nothing wrong with the room. It looks fine, but you're saying, I'm feeling very uneasy here. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's your intuition talking to you or you're talking to somebody and getting that same uneasy feeling, you have to listen and trust that intuition and do your best to follow it because that is, shall we say, you know, the spirit communicating with you. same with inspiration. Yeah. You may get this wonderful inspiration. How many times people have had an inspiration for something and unfortunately didn't follow through with it? Well, that yeah. was a lost opportunity. You know, we got afraid. Oh, gosh, that's you. I, I can't never do that. Are you crazy? You know, we can have these reactions to these ideas. Um, but really, we're not, we don't realize how much we can do. In a lot of our workshops, we talk about, um, you know, People come sometimes say, well, I don't know if I'm fulfilling what I'm supposed to do and all that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. many times what's really happening is people don't try hard enough. You know, they make a couple steps towards something and maybe it's not immediately successful. And they say, oh, I mm-hmm. guess it just wasn't meant to be. No, you need to stay with it mm-hmm. until you really see the change. If, if, if creating something is, you know, 3% inspiration, 97% perspiration, we have to spend a lot of time working at something. You know, writing the original version of this book, Change Your Change Your Life, I thought was going to be like a three-month job. I mean, here you have the master, Barbara Martin, 
living with the aura since age three. I've been trained for years and years. It still took two solid years of writing because oh you had to create an individual voice that was separate. And the illustrations in there, we spent like days yeah. just on the shape of the aura. You know, this was not a quick, a quick thing because it had to stand on its own two feet. So if you have a dream, don't give up on it. You know, uh, Richard Attenborough yeah. spent 20 Hold years. That thought, please, Dimitri. We're going sure. to go to a break, and when we come back, let's talk more about the aura that you talk about in the book. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Dimitri was talking to us about intuition. And, you know, we spend so much of our early life, Dimitri, undoing our intuition not trusting it, but looking outside of ourselves for all of our validation, that it's really, it's a little more difficult than just turning the switch and saying, okay, I'm going to trust this little feeling that I have. Or when you meet somebody, you get this feeling about this person, but you don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's really, I mean, it takes work to start listening mm-hmm. to those Absolutely. Messages inside of us, um, and just going with it. I was at a, a workshop in California, by the way, and this um, actor was talking to us, and he was talking about his intuition and how even if it says put mayonnaise in his shoes, he will do that, which I was having a little trouble with. But he said he was so into his intuition that he would do that. It was interesting to me. Well, I think what he's trying to say is trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times mm-hmm. we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust God, to be honest with you. You know, 
Um, and it is a muscle. It's like a muscle that does need developing because there are more than one voice. I mean, there is just our own mental chatter. There is yes. the single part of us. There's, there are these different voices in our head that speak, and it takes a while. Some, if we're not used to trusting the intuition, it takes a while to discern. Many people in our training classes ask, well, how do I know if it's intuition or just my own mm. thought? Yeah. Well, the truth is you won't know until you put it to the test. When you put it to the test, you'll know whether it was your head or really true inspiration. If it was your head, you'll learn. You'll Next time you, you go to trust it, you'll say, oh, no, I can tell that's me talking because intuition has a specific vibration. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about things like the aura, you're talking about vibration. When I had these inspirational moments, Mm-hmm. There were moments of intense clarity and insight. I didn't want those moments to end. Really? And it was the lesson, you know, it came unexpectedly, it left unexpectedly. I was, these are not things I was in control of, mm-hmm. but they were teaching me about the importance of vibration. Mm-hmm. So what, you're, what, you're, what you need to develop is that vibrational skill. I mean, Barbara was seeing auras at age three. Can you imagine that? No. And she was just, <laughs> you know, imagine where you're at at age three, you know, her mm-hmm. her Greek Orthodox family, her father, a priest, you know, they were traveling uh-huh. around the country. I mean, this was, you know, and her starting to talk about these things, they thought she was sick. They thought she had a mm-hmm. problem. Well, it's mm-hmm. her eyes, it's her kidneys. And she mm-hmm. would sometimes, as a little child, like you said, we kind of bury it. She would mm-hmm. say these things, you know, they'd be waiting for an aunt to come at a big family gathering and little little Barbara would say, oh, no, she's not coming. She died in a train crash. And they'd all oh, look dear. at her horrified. How could you mm-hmm. say such a terrible thing? Well, they got the cable. There was a train accident, and, and wow. aunt did pass there, you know. Now, in Barbara's case, she learned to keep quiet, not to suppress it, but mm-hmm. to keep quiet about it because she realized others were not sharing the experiences she was having. So right. sometimes we have to be judicious in how we express our our mm-hmm. uh, intuition, but we have to complete, you know, we have to hone it down. It is one of our great guiding lights in our life. And coming around to the aura, it helps in the transformation of your auric field. Now, you know, many people have heard now the word aura. There was a time when they didn't. As a matter of fact, when Barbara was seeing the aura at age three, she didn't even know it was called. Right. She just that there were these pretty colors around certain people and not so pretty colors around other people. Mm-hmm. And she was attracted to people who had these magnificent energies or, you know, detracted not. Then when she was 11, she had actually a first training. She met somebody that could see the aura too. And her day job, again, was not about that at all. Her day job was teaching, you know, theater, acting, and, and, leading, and putting on plays. Was, she was very famous for that. Barbara mm-hmm. was part of the troupe at 11 years old, and one day Dorothy brought her into her house privately mm-hmm. and basically said to her, you can see the aura, can't you? And Barbara's mm-hmm. jaw dropped. She said, is that what it's called? You know, again, there wasn't uh-huh. even a name for it. And then she said, you know, I can see the aura too. I'm a hermetic scientist, which is a very ancient metaphysical tradition. My grandmother is a hermetic scientist. And I would like to teach you about your gift. So she started privately teaching Barbara. And Mm -hmm. one of the big things she taught, which we put in the book, was color interpretation. 
you know, we have this magnificent spiritual energy field that's interpenetrating us, surrounding us this very minute. Uh-huh. And it is composed of a great variety of colors and energies. And the color, the hue of the color, the placement has a meaning. So, for mm. example, if there's just a lemon yellow around your head, it shows good powers of concentration, good intellect. If, mm-hmm. however, there's what we call a creamy mustard, kind of a dirty, uh, darkened yellow, it means the opposite. It means this person is lethargic can't concentrate on things for more than a couple seconds, is easily distracted. Mm-hmm. So the aura reveals the inner you. It reveals what's really going on in your soul, so to speak, how you're using the life force energy. And mm-hmm. you were talking about L.A. and actors and all of that. Well, we lived there for many, many years. And sometimes, you know, many actors came to Barbara for consultations. Yeah. And she could see that whether the talent was there or not. It would show up in the aura. And sometimes she would be very honest. She said, you need to develop your skill more. You know, they'd be wondering whether they'd be successful in your career. Well, how can you be successful if, if the talent is still weak? You know, mm-hmm. so um, the idea was not to criticize, but to help, say, take the time. Her brother was a fantastic opera singer. He's passed on now. She was telling, uh, you know, in the book, she talks about how she watched his aura as he was training. So he had mm-hmm. a natural talent, but, he, but, you know, that doesn't mean you're ready for a career yet. So as he was getting trained, his aura was brightening. And at one mm-hmm. point she said, you know what, he's ready. He's going to start a career soon. And that's exactly what happened. So so you can change your aura. You can. You can yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Your aura is actually changing already. As your thoughts are changing, your emotions Mm -hmm. are changing. Now, not the whole aura. Some people say, gee, I I don't want to come over today. My aura must be black. I'm upset. (laughs) No, no, it's not that dramatic, you know. (laughs) But let's say, for example, if you really got angry this morning, you can shoot out these dirty red firecracker-like energies that can linger for two weeks in the auric field if you don't take care of it. That's how powerful our emotional energies are. Mm-hmm. And well, okay, but paint, my question is for the person that is, how do you know your colors? If you don't see your colors, how do you know do you go to well, find a what person? We or? Great question. Well, first of all, you don't need to see the aura to change it. Barbara's oh. gift, she is one of the world-renowned aura readers, so it, there aren't many people that can see the aura with that kind of depth. Yeah. But what you do is, but you don't need to see your heart to know what's beating either. So what you do is you work with the aura, and what the book mainly is emphasizing is the power of meditation, mm. to draw in more power into your aura to change your life. <clears throat> and what you will see are the effects. Things that you thought were impossible to change, I mean, start changing. There was a lady, and we express, uh, talked about in the book, that was basically destitute when she started working with the light. Her husband had sconded all the money, left her almost penniless, mm-hmm. and she was a designer, a clothing designer. She was sleeping at her pattern table at her office. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she started working yeah. with Barbara, you know, wasn't even being fed properly. Mm-hmm. And in three months, it completely turned her life around, found another job, found another place, and, and started anew. Mm-hmm. Because the... You know, we know how to make changes, but the problem is when we have these, let's say, anger or fear 
or worry, they kind of weigh the aura down. As we tr- sort of release these energies from our aura and bring more mm-hmm. of the energy of success, then that helps to be, make us more motivated so we can make those important changes. I'll give you an interesting mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. of this. There was a lady in one of our classes that had a very specialized job. And um, she usually had absolutely no problem finding another job because there weren't many people that could do what she did. Right. <clears throat> well, this one particular time, she couldn't find another job to save her life. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't figure out what the problem was. So we were doing a class on relationships. And mm-hmm. there's a prayer we do for forgiveness. And she said, completely not thinking about the job right now, she said, well, you know what, I think I'm going to forgive my last boss because we didn't leave on good terms. Mm. So she went into prayer, we did the meditation, and she was a little clairvoyant herself. Mm-hmm. She said, I actually saw a dark cloud in front of me, and I didn't realize how angry I was and still am at my, bo- my old boss. Oh. So she saw yeah. that cloud kind of dissipate, and she called us about five days, a week later, hey, I got mm-hmm. a job. Huh? See, in other words, the reason, one of the reasons she wasn't finding another job is energetically, because of her anger towards her boss, she mm-hmm. was still at her old job. She hadn't mm-hmm. actually left it yet energetically. That's what the aura is teaching. When we're creating something, it starts in the energetic level first. Mm-hmm. When I first met Barbara, I was still in showbiz, shall we say, and it's kind of a feast or famine thing there sometimes, and right. I was in a quiet mode. She was looking at my aura one day at the heart chakra area and saw this beautiful turquoise light, which is the energy of prosperity, by the way. Good energy mm-hmm. to work with. <laughs> and said, my God, something you've got a lot of turquoise there. What's going on? Now, at that moment, I wasn't working. But mm-hmm. two weeks later, I got one of the best offers I had up to that point in the business so far. Yeah. Because the energy was, I was brewing it. And the energy was building, but it hadn't maybe shown at that moment. So again, what we, we share with people, build up the energy, keep it moving, and one of the divine laws says, if it's in your aura, it'll eventually show up in your life, and if it's not, you just need to make it happen. Build it. Take the time to build it. And you build it through meditation? Yes, you build, well, meditation is a master key. You build it, first of all, through the normal things you need to do. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're trying to do in your life, you have to pursue it. You have to be actively pursuing it with everything you've got. You can't try just a little bit. Um, that yeah. gentleman that wrote What Colors Your Parachute, still in his, what, 100th printing or whatever, talks about even if you're not working right now, you should be spending four to six hours a day doing it anyway because you can bet someone else is doing the same thing. So you oh. need to be in the energy of it. But then, yes, through meditation. Now, what is meditation? Okay, before you go into that, Dimitri, because I don't want to interrupt you again, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, just as he was saying, the meditation to help you change the aura, the colors that are around you that tell us your story that is your spiritual blueprint. So we will be back shortly with Dimitri. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. The 
League of Women Voters reminds you that on Election Day, we are all equal. Please join your friends and neighbors by registering to vote and going to the polls November 8th. Visit www.vote411.org to find out who will be on your ballot and how the voting process works in your community. This election is about our future, and we all need to weigh in. It's marching Got a lead foot? According to state troopers, here's what not to do when you get pulled over. Don't be a lachrymist and start crying right away. It doesn't help. But if you're under 20, crying won't be held against you. Don't ask for a break. Don't yell or start any argy-bargy. And one trooper said, if they're going to flirt with me to get out of a ticket, it would probably insult my intelligence. But unfortunately, I don't get hit on all that often. So flirting or being a gill flirt won't work. Did you know that 15% of all drivers get 76% of all traffic tickets? And the odds of winning if you challenge a traffic ticket in court are 1 in 3. So what should you do when you get pulled over for speeding? Be courteous to the officer, and most of all, be honest. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking with Dimitri, who has co-authored a book on metaphysics, but it's about changing your aura, changing your life, and your aura are the colors that are around you. And so, Dimitri, would you continue with how we can identify our colors or work with our colors and find out more through meditation? Right. Um, well, the, as far as the colors... Um they're just the indicators, we, right? Right, right. There, well, first of all, in the book, there is a, a chart that can show the color interpretation. But, mm-hmm. for example, if I'm in a very loving place, then <clears throat> I know I have some of the deep rose pink in my aura. Deep rose pink? <clears throat> deep rose pink is the color of love. Ah, So it okay. means that we, we have love in our hearts and we are expressing that love. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about unconditional here, you know. Yeah. And um, let's say, though, I've really been worried about something. Well, there may be some gray in my aura. Gray mm-hmm. is the color of worry or worry or, you know, distress and those kinds of mm-hmm. things. Um, if I'm if I'm strong and outgoing, I'll have some gold. So, for example, um, going well. And if I don't seem to have that, I may be missing. Now, sometimes it's not that we have darker colors in the aura. We just may not have certain colors enough. Mm-hmm. And this is where meditation can help. So meditation is receiving from the divine. Prayer is petitioning the divine. So it's kind of like a circuit. You know, there's the pause. You know, the, it, we have to complete it. In the work mm-hmm. we do, we call them actually meditative prayers. We make a prayer request for something and then we go through the act of receiving now to give you an example of this let's say i lack a little confidence mm-hmm. There's something i know i need to do maybe a project i need to get going but yes i just kind of chicken out when it comes time to do it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And it's not I'm a bad person or anything, it's just I don't have enough confidence in myself that I could be successful at this. Yes. For whatever, and whatever the rationale is. Mm-hmm. So in the aura, I would be lacking in that gold energy, which it shows a lot of confidence. And so we see people that are just, my God, nothing stops them. How mm-hmm. come they have that? Well, that means <laughs> they have a lot of gold in their aura. Mm-hmm. Also could have bright orange, which is an ambitious person. Mm-hmm. Uh, then what I can do is I can go into meditation and make a prayer request, just like I pray to God to give me peace or love. I essentially do the same thing, God give me strength, God give me confidence, but we would add the element of, I ask the divine to down ray unto me the golden ray of wisdom and inner strength, and actually receive Mm -hmm. a blessing of this golden light in my aura, and then go out and try again. And as Ah. we go out and try again, we may find it's not quite as hard, because it's like your secret buddy that's urging you on to succeed. And if you do this daily, we recommend daily meditation, even 15, 20 minutes, just like Mm -hmm. brushing your teeth, you know, daily, every day. Mm -hmm. Then the cumulative effect, maybe the first day we don't do it, or even the second, but the third day of meditating with that goal, we start to say, okay, it's time to start moving. Mm -hmm. And then that's how the changes start to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a, a, a doctor in one of the classes and he was honest. He said, you know, I don't show enough compassion for my patients. I'm a little abrupt and quick with them. Mm-hmm. Well, his case is not the goal, the dynamic. His case is he doesn't have enough of the love, the pink in the aura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he needs to work with a different energy. He needs to pray to receive the pink ray. Mm-hmm. So as he feels that love in his heart more, when he's with a patient, he will present himself differently because he's He's connecting with that love more, so he'll try harder to connect with mm-hmm. a person, and that mm-hmm. will deepen and change not only his aura, but will change his life. And he noticed the change in his practice mm-hmm. when he did that. So these things yeah. have very real effects in our life. Well, I'm sort of calling as you're talking. I'm calling on an experience that I had, remembering it, that I went out to Sedona, and and. Uh, one of the shops, they took pictures of auras. And so I'm having the benefit of kind of seeing that I don't remember my colors because it's been probably seven or eight years. Uh, but I could, it was my image, and around it were all the different colors. So I'm trying to describe this sort of that for the new listener that this is kind of very new to them, that they might visualize that that's what it would look like to have all the colors around you. Now, can we rely on those facilities that do that as being the true picture of our aura? (laughs) Boy, have you asked a good question, and I have to be honest (laughs) with you, right? (laughs) Yes. This is going on air now, right? (laughs) Yes. Um, Well, let me just be very frank about it. Um, okay. When I'll, I mean, I'm personal about about our own experiences, and you come to the conclusion because when the the book first came out, in our first edition, mm-hmm. just about everybody that was in that field was seeking Barbara's endorsement. Oh. And when yeah. we actually asked for more scientific data, mm-hmm. everybody ran the other way. 
So um, the, the thing to remember is the aura isn't physical. It's a spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. And if there was something as dramatic as that that was that easily captured physically, mm-hmm. science would have discovered it a long time ago. I mean, we're splitting atoms now. We're, we're digging into subatomic particles. So unfortunately, it's not really, they call it an aura camera, but it's really a spectrometer. And, and in speaking to one of the leaders, he basically said that's what it is. Uh-huh. Um, so I would not take it as, uh, as as an accurate depiction. Now, there was years ago a study in in uh, Russia mm-hmm. of Kirlian photography, and this is not what those aura cameras are. That's another confusion. They think the aura camera okay. is Kirlian. No, no, Kirlian photography was something different. Mm-hmm. In a sense, the images were much more primitive, but mm-hmm. they were also much more compelling. For example. They would, under certain conditions, let's say put a leaf on a photographic plate, run a certain electrical current through it, and it would create this halo around the leaf, which was what kind of got people idea of, oh my God, there's an aura. But what mm-hmm. was so eerie is in certain cases, they would take the leaf before they put it on the photographic plate, cut it in half, so it was only half a leaf. Mm-hmm. They put it on the plate, and there's certain conditions that didn't always do this. The, when they ran the electrical charge, it would create an image of a complete leaf, as if the second half that had been cut was still there. Oh. Hmm. And that was compelling evidence that there is, even though it wasn't taking the actual picture of an aura, that somehow mm-hmm. the physical effect was doing something to the leaf to show that there was some other process going on that we were not aware of. I Um, wish they were doing more of that kind of study. I don't know why that's not mm -hmm. progressing as it was, because that was really talking, you know, there's something real. And it was during that period when that original Kirlian photography was coming out that the, Mm -hmm. the idea of the aura became popular, and then it became a fashionable thing to talk about the aura. But by the way, Barbara was talking about that aura before Kirlian photography, you know, when it wasn't mm-hmm. a fashionable thing to do. And of course, there have been many people that have seen. I don't know if some of the listeners here, some have had a, a, an experience of color, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, gosh, I was looking at somebody and suddenly there's blue all around them or there was white light or there was, <clears throat> you know, you're not going crazy. You know, mm-hmm. you're seeing maybe not the whole aura, but mm-hmm. you're seeing energy, you're seeing spiritual energy, and that shouldn't be poo-pooed, <clears throat> you know, that should be honored as a genuine experience. Uh, my gosh, there's so many people are having these spiritual experiences, whether it's out of body or whatever, and we're just, unfortunately, we're not at a time in society where these things are more commonly accepted. For example, mm-hmm. let me share with you, it was on another radio show, um, we were talking about, you know, people seeing, and uh, this gentleman was talking about how he was talking to nuns at a Catholic convent. And, you know, they're not supposed to talk about those kinds of things. <laughs> but they were sharing in quiet that they were having experiences with the aura, that they were seeing these colors, but they really couldn't even talk about them to their mother superior. Yeah. So it's happening, you know, it's happening more often than we realize. It's just not being talked about. Mm-hmm. Well... All right, let's say that we go into meditation, because now you've just blown me out of the water. Here I thought I knew what 
my R was I could go see it. I could go visit him again and see it. So now I have to go a different route to make treat. Right. Um, so if I'm feeling insecure, a lack of confidence, then I can go to that meditation. As I become stronger through the meditation, will I eventually be able to see the color around me? And is that only through meditation that I see that versus just in everyday life? Well, we all are inherently clairvoyant Mm -hmm. because we all have the same spiritual apparatus. When you're seeing an aura, you're not seeing it with your physical eyes. You're seeing it with your spirit eyes. Okay. Okay. Again, if it was physical, we would be capturing it by now. So this is a spiritual manifestation that is greatly affecting the physical life. In -hmm. other words, the physical body is utterly dependent on the spiritual foundation. Mm -hmm. Withdraw that foundation, the body's gone. But as far as being clairvoyant, we're all inherent mystics. Some it's latent. And some, it's awakened. It's a little bit like a talent. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it's something, we also say that, you know, clairvoyance is a byproduct of your spiritual development. So mm-hmm. one of the things metaphysics teaches is not only is there a spirit life that we need to honor and connect with and, and believe in, but we're in a process, not only a physical evolution, but spiritual evolution. This spirit life is not static, it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. We're in the process of unfolding that power, that talent, that gift. So as we evolve spiritually, these experiences of auras and angels and many other things that are part of the spirit life will start to unfold gradually at their appointed mm-hmm. time. And it'll be part of the experience. But in the beginning, you start like you would even, whether it's a religious or metaphysic, with faith and belief. You have to, Mm -hmm. you have to, you know, a faith, what what does the Bible say? Faith without works is dead. We have to live what we believe. Or All right. it's just I'm going to stop you there, and I hate to stop you there, but I must because we're going to go to break, and I want to hear everybody to hear every word that you're saying, Dimitri. So okay. when we come back from this short break, it will be our last segment, and I do want to talk about the importance of the book. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747.
get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the radiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Dimitri Moraitis has been our guest today and has just enlightened us with so much about auras and meditation to become more comfortable with auras. My question to D- Dimitri is, if if we're, I'm trying so hard, I guess in my, uh, me as myself, I'm trying to want to physically see those colors. So how do we get there? Is that the important thing, Dimitri, or... I'm so glad you asked that, because uh, when we first wrote the book years ago, um, that was one of the basic questions. Uh, why should mm-hmm. I work with the aura if I can't see it? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, we can ask, uh, why should you pray to God if you can't see God? You know, um, There are many things in life we will not have physical proof of, mm-hmm. and, but it doesn't mean they're not real. And they're not worthy of our attention and, uh, you know, efforts. So what we tell people, the important thing is to work with your spiritual power. Work with the power of the aura. Because what's happening is that's what's going on anyway. The aura is really seeing into the spiritual process of life. So if I don't know anything about this, and I just say, for example, God, give me peace. I need peace. I'm feeling uneasy right now. I pray for peace. Mm-hmm. God will hear that prayer, but how do you actually get that peace? Well, if you were clairvoyant, mm-hmm. you would see you would that person requesting the peace would receive a purple ray, which is imbued with the consciousness of peace. Mm-hmm. So metaphysics is just saying you're contributing to what's actually happening when you're making these prayer petitions. So we're adding to the spiritual experience. And the more aware you become of that experience, the deeper it becomes, and then it does cross that bridge to direct experience. Mm. The goal eventually Mm. of metaphysics, and where it may be different from other spiritual practices, is it says, ultimately you are destined to have that direct divine experience. And we call that enlightenment. Mm-hmm. The enlightenment is the awakening of the inner faculties into the maturing of our soul. So as we start to consciously participate in downraying the light, 
and also we teach of working with a hierarchy and following all these different spiritual principles, you are deepening the spiritual experience, you're enhancing your life, and you're drawing closer to your divine source. Faith mm. is not an end unto itself. Mm. It's the process. Well, as I, w- I want the listeners to be able, if we have excited you about growth and, and connecting with your spiritual side of your your spiritual power, then I really want you to be able to um, maybe even attend one of your workshops that you that you do uh, from the spiritual uh, center, uh, Spiritual Art Institute. Um, so how do they go to find you all in your work? Oh, great. Thank you for asking that. Well, of course, Change Your Art, Change Your Life is in all the bookstores online and in, in, you know, brick-and-mortar stores, Barnes uh-huh. & Noble and things like that. And right. we are still actually in a tour celebration. We, we've we done a lot of events in Texas, and hopefully we'll be there next year again. Oh, um, I want to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did a, we had a wonderful, exciting one with the... Uh, with uh, communing with the divine at uh, the Dallas Unity Church, uh, far not uh-huh. Dallas, I'm sorry, Fort Worth Unity Church, mm-hmm. and um, but we our institute is Spiritual Arts Institute, SpiritualArts.org. We do we just opened a new center in Southern California in Encinitas, but we have the state of the art video conferencing equipment, and people can join online from all over the world. We have the contingencies from, of course, a lot domestic, but also international, because Mm -hmm. as uh, one of our students was recently saying, this work with the aura is not just for the United States, it's for the world. We have a wonderful group in Japan that are, God bless their souls, waking up at three in the morning (laughs) to take these classes sometimes because of the scheduling. So you can go to our website, spiritualarts.org, or feel free to call us at 1-800-650-AURA. A-U-R-A, that's 2872, mm-hmm. and we would be happy to help you in any way. So we find your schedule where you're speaking and doing workshops on your website. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And again, if you're not in the Southern California area at this time, we're doing a lot of them on, online. We're, we're having mm-hmm. a leadership workshop on confidence building, especially now with this kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, election season. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't realize we're actually creating kind of our collective destiny by the leader that we're choosing. So it's a very important time right now. Yes. Uh, we're doing a workshop. We just finished one on the spiritual life of animals. We'll do that again. And oh. also we're doing one on the spiritual power of candles and crystals coming up this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we have training classes on the Aura, the Change Your Aura training class starting in October. So uh, there's a lot. There's a lot on the plate now. Oh my gosh! Yes, lot to see, lot to hear, lot to. You need to go to the website, and the website again is Spiritual Arts A R T S. It's plural. dot okay. org. We're a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Now, as I looked at the book, and it is a large book. I want people to know that. But you use this more than just to sit down and read. It is a step-to-step guide. So you use it in your um, training sessions as well. Is that correct? Oh, oh absolutely. It's it's our textbook, and mm. also it's a, it's an encyclopedia reference manual. The, there's sections in there. You know, we don't work on everything at the same time. So if I'm having a relationship issue, I can go to that part of the book. If I'm having a career issue, I can go to that part. 
if I'm looking for more spiritual development, looking that. We added a section, by the way, on the importance of the colors you wear. Do you know that the colors you wear in your clothing do have an effect on your aura? Mm -hmm. And certain colors can help enhance the auric energies, and others can can sometimes detract if you don't do certain things. Um, so, for example, if I'm fatigued right now, putting on something red can actually help pick up and sparkle my aura. Mm -hmm. If I'm healing, wearing blue is very, very helpful. Things like that we can do that will change. And that's, um, you know, we our color, our aura is us. So why not color our world, you know, to reflect that beauty that we really are? Mm -hmm. I so can understand that, Dimitri, because my branding colors are red. There and you go. I, when I put it on, I definitely feel it. You know, mm -hmm. it's really quite interesting, I think. Um, red and gold. So there you go. Oh, see, very dynamic, <laughs> outgoing colors. Yeah. Yes. But I, as I'm thumbing through your book, I mean, it is just full of helpful, supportive. I mean, I can go directly to meditative prayer with the golden ray to strengthen the color division of the aura. I mean, it's just so specific as we go through. So I encourage my listeners to go to the bookstore or order on Amazon or wherever you go to buy your books. Change your aura, change your life. Um, and it's it needs to be on your shelf for sure to help you through this. Now, Dimitri, when, when we um, when we come to really difficult times in our life, and we're needing guidance. What is your suggestion? Well, we're all going to have that at some point. You know, um, Earth, from the spiritual point of view, is a school. You know, we know we're only here for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, life will go on. So it's really how we make best use of the time. And there's always going to be times where we're not sure what to do. And the divine is always there to help us. We're really never alone on this earth. Uh, we're, it's a cooperative effort. So my father and I are one. We're meant to walk the path together. Mm -hmm. And there'll be times where we won't know what to do. And at those times, it's very important to get out of, you know, we, we're not going to find a solution by being immersed in the problem. So one of the things we teach in the classes is when you meditate, you sort of get out of your lower nature. You get out of the emotional state that you're in, out of the problem. And you raise your consciousness to your higher self where the answers are. In the Bible, when Moses went before the, shall we say, the divine in the image of the burning bush, he had a lot of problems on his mind. What am I going to do with this, that, and the other? He didn't know what he was going to do. And the first inspiration from the divine was, take your shoes off. The ground on which you stand is holy. Shoes are mm. earth understanding. We have to mm -hmm. let go of the problem, get into the consciousness of the solution. We also recommend bringing down the energy of intelligence, illumination. You know, this is the silver, the white, and the gold. And mm -hmm. get into a listening mode. Listen to the divine. Turn mm -hmm. off the intellect to keep the mind very alert. Get, make the request of your help and guidance and hear what the divine is trying to say to you. The divine talks to every one of us 
every single day of our life. The question mm-hmm. is, are we listening? And we right. don't always get the full picture. They don't put a map and say, here's the 20 <laughs> steps you need to take to get out of this problem. Right. <laughs> what they do is they give you the next step. And yeah. then you have to act on that and have faith. And then that step will reveal the step after that. So it's a step-by-step experience to get out of the challenges of our, or I shouldn't say get out of, to learn the lessons that the challenges present. Because when we're faced with a challenge, you know, the, the Chinese symbol for crisis and opportunity are the, is the same symbol. Wow. So a crisis moment is an opportunity if we choose to look at it that way. Uh, well, we have so enjoyed having you. I personally have enjoyed this this one hour very much. Thank you for being part of Second Wind to offer your wisdom to my listeners. Um, and listeners, I hope that you will you will go and get this book to help you as you progress through your life, making it an easier journey because you are indeed meditating and receiving the messages that you want to have to live the life that you were promised. So thank you very much. Thanks for being with us today. Oh. Dimitri, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you at a workshop. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) And thank you for the work that you're doing, too, to get all this knowledge out there. Yeah. Oh, it's it's an amazing journey. I'm having a great time. So for those listeners that um, will be with us next week, I hope that you will share the message of today's show. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 